Hello, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Banter, the podcast aimed at bringing you your dose of murder relaxation. So, just sit back and enjoy. They're listening, not watching. Okay, true. There is a cat on my lap. For all of you listening to this episode, a new episode of season two's True Crime Banter. Hello, everybody. Here we are. Welcome. I hope you guys enjoyed that new intro song. I know we did. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds weird. I know we did. I, I I I don't know what I'm saying right now. I am. Uh, this always happens. I know because you're a super smooth talker before <laughs> we get on here. And then all of a sudden you're an idiot. I'm just I get stage fright. That's, That's it. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Hello Even everyone. No welcome. one's here. Yeah. Welcome. And uh, I hope you guys are excited for season two. I know that we are. Uh, we are going to be doing a, a a couple new few new change ups to the podcast. Yeah. Um, for and those I'm of sure you there will be more. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But for now, this is all we can come up with. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry to ruin it for you guys. Uh, so for now, this episode that you guys are listening to is going to be podcast only on, I guess, wherever you listen to your podcast. There is going to be a shorter version of these podcasts, a completely new, different version, same story though, on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, uh, or if you prefer to watch on YouTube, I guess prepare for that because... Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be shorter videos on there that and, and more, uh, I guess, succinct. Is that a word? I've never heard that, but shorter. I'm going to go with it. Yeah, there you go. Because that's what love is. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Something like that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, today, <laughs> you, Christian, will be kicking off season two with the episode. Um, I have been waiting for so long. You have been. Yes. We've been talking about this for a while. And I you've love been talking. Prepared you know for, this. I've yes. been waiting. <laughs> you've been prepared. You've got like the next three cases lined up Pretty already much, for yeah. yourself. So I, I am have like the two slacker. and a half done now. Yeah. Yes. Um, before we get into the case, so a little bit of banter, small bit of banter. And obviously I was going to, I was going to talk about season two uh, in our bit of banter, but I already talked about that. Yep. So let's talk about bread real quick. Okay. Because today... <laughs> Okay, I didn't know we were going yeah, here, but all no, right. Today, we went to a restaurant called Wildfin, and I'd never been there, but you'd been there. Yeah, hook us up if you want to be a sponsor of Wildfin. Shout out. Yeah, Shout out Wildfin. Yeah, I don't know if they're a strictly Pacific Northwest type restaurant. I know they only have a few up around here, so yeah. um, they are like a very, I guess, seafoody type place for yeah. the most part. Right. That's, it's in their name, That's Wildfin. their like, specialty. Yeah, so they have you know daily catches, things like that, but... They've got this starter bread, like appetizer. Nap. Yeah, it's what pretty, is it? Rosemary bread is yeah, what it, they call it. It's rosemary potato bread. Yeah, yeah, and it's really fucking good. So I had been here multiple times with my dad. Okay, and I sometimes when we're out and about, whatever, like to end the day, we'll always end it with some kind of alcohol. We're like, let's get a drink here, here, whatever. We've been so many places now. And sometimes I'll get food, sometimes I'm not hungry, we've been eating all day, whatever. And so sometimes I'll go to a restaurant and just get like 
little mozzarella sticks or just a side of fries or something like small. And that's what happened with this potato bread is like a year or two ago. Okay, I think I is when I that long ago that you discovered this and you so I discovered it years it ago. But a year or two ago is when I went there and had it just by itself. It's like a full on loaf of bread. <laughs> no, it it legit looks like. And I said this it's when beautiful. we were there. Yeah, I, I said it looks like the loaf of bread on Aladdin. Yeah, he breaks right. and he's singing riff rash, <laughs> or like <street> <laughs> in the fucking Bible or something. It That's looks it. like yeah, when you artisanal break bread, this bread. is the actual <laughs> so bread beautiful. Break. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I have been talking a big game of this bread for so long. I'm sure other people have something like that where they're like, tell everybody about it. Like you have to go to this restaurant. They have great, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, French fries or whatever people love. And, Which uh, they had great French fries at this point. They did have very good fries too, but the bread was for sure like the star of the show today. And I, we went there and I was like, you have to have this bread. And Riley had never been there and it came out and it was, first of all, beautiful. Yes. Like if you can appreciate a good like, Instagram it seems worthy. like homemade bread too. Also yeah. Instagram worthy, right? Came out on this like beautiful, what do you call those? Wood platter. Like wooden chopping block platter kind sure. of thing. Yeah. It looks a like a cutting board, board almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the bread and then on either side was like a little two things of butter. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not not like and I don't mean like butter um, in a, like a, a tin can or something. Yeah, that yeah. I think like Cheesecake Factory. Someone it was like, would, like beautifully plopped on the side. Exactly. It's <laughs> like, on the perfect. board itself yeah, yeah, yeah. also. And yeah. one was chive butter. Yeah. Which is tasted great. But the other one was a sweet fig butter, which is yeah. like your favorite. Yeah, it was really good. It just tastes like like maple syrup or something. Yeah, it's so it's like good. A, it almost tastes like it, sh- it should be a jam or like jelly or yeah. something rather than butter. Yeah. Amazing. But it was amazing. Yeah. Yes. And Riley is not impressed easily at all. He gives no, no fucks about anything ever. And so yeah, I was I was <sighs> waiting to see his reaction. And of course he chose the worst piece of the bread. Okay, can we talk bread. about that real quick? Can we? <laughs> you, for some reason, you, I, and I see people, I, people have posted this, I guess, before, I think, too, where loaves of bread, just general loaves of bread, pre-sliced that you get from Albertson, Safeway, wherever, Kroger, the end pieces, we call them the butt pieces. Yeah, we're not the only ones that people, do that. Yeah. Yes, people don't like those? Like, why don't people eat those? They're because just so, first of all, like, visually unappealing. And then second of all, it's like when you cut the crust off of your sandwiches. It's like the, these butt pieces are pure crust. But they're not, though. But but it is. It essentially is. I Whatever, I don't know. I don't get they it because I... They have more I, of that crust kind of texture and i guess taste i guess, I guess on it so. than, yeah, than yeah. the ones you, in the it middle the, it's not on the texture art. bad tasting it's just like not the same as the ones in the middle well, it all is, i know it's is a that last resort piece of bread <laughs> is what it is for me it's the first piece i go for mainly because it's the first piece in the bag but also because i i don't know i just i enjoy it and i yeah if i have to i will but i'd rather not yeah. But anyway, so that's what So that's the first today. piece I went for. <laughs> used for. I'm like, no, and no, listen, no. listen, I, I also do it out of the kindness of my heart because I know you don't enjoy the butt pieces. Yeah. So I will eat them. And even though I insist on you having one in the middle, but you did whatever. Anyway, that anyway, was the first piece that I tried. If you guys tried. find yourself near a wild fin, you have to get this rosemary potato bread. It's amazing. I hope we sold it out for you. Yeah. And like, wild fin. Now I'm going to go back and just get that like I maybe know, the tomorrow best, the best or something. Part is like, it's like, 
There's like 10 bucks and then you have like a drink or whatever. Too. Yeah. I'm a big fan. It's too close. And they also had great drinks too. Yeah. Like I, I think I drank a dessert today. Yeah. I mean, it came in a martini glass. I mean, so. we ate a dessert too. That bread was basically dessert. Very true. Anyway, super great. Yeah. So, so wild we're, co- fin. we're coming at you full of Rosemary bread today. bread. <laughs> I'm eating the butt. Shout out bread. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out bread. Bread, you've done so much for us throughout our lives. <laughs> You've done just incredible Shout out things. Butter. Shout the out greatest bread. of things. <laughs> Shout out restaurants. The, the best of all things that it can be. <laughs> Been watching too much. To. Hey, babe. Okay. So okay. All right. Well. That was um, great. Yeah. Anyways, let's uh end this bit of banter. I hope let's you guys are excited for season two. I know that I am. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get right into it. The gruesome murder of a young teen scars a nation, setting forth a never-ending search for a monster that sadly only led to more questions. Was the boy targeted? Did he see something he wasn't supposed to? Or even scarier, was he just an opportunity that came strolling down a footpath? A bold attack in the middle of the day in a populated area, how did nobody hear or see anything? If the killer was really this good, Perhaps he never stopped. Perhaps this child wasn't the first. This is the case of Tristan Brubeck. Nineteen ninety-eight, Frankfurt, Germany. Thirteen-year-old Tristan Brubeck was walking home from school when he decided to take a well-known shortcut. He'd do just about anything to get home faster to play video games, one of the few things that gave him joy in life, or more so, distraction. Tristan had a rough upbringing. His mother had had a drug problem, and sadly, combined with mental health issues, this led her to take her own life only a few years earlier when Tristan was 10. His paternal grandmother had moved in to help with Tristan, but it was never quite the same again in the household. Tristan was known to be pretty shy and even spent time walking around the city by himself at all times of the day, sometimes riding the bus by himself from a young age and striking up conversations with strangers who had animals because Tristan loved animals, even having a rabbit of his own who he adored. Known to be shy but independent, Tristan was also known for trying to fit in with older kids. Taking on the habit of smoking from a very young age to try and blend in But unfortunately for him, the older children saw through this and it actually made things worse for him. The older kids now saw him as a target, someone easily influenced and weak. So on March 26, 1998, Tristan was quick to head to the pedestrian tunnel next to the Lederback River, a known local shortcut, hoping to avoid the same bullies he had to spend the whole school day with. Poor Tristan had no idea that something much worse was waiting for him in the tunnel. A local Frankfurt daycare gets a surprise when a couple young panicked children, out of breath, show up yelling and clearly distressed. A teacher gets them calmed down enough for one of the children to tell her what's going on. After a moment of shock and disbelief, 
She takes a deep breath and tells the children to show her proof of what they're talking about. And sadly, they weren't lying. Just after 5 p.m., local authorities head out to the pedestrian tunnel near the Lederbach train station, where a team of detectives are told they will find the lifeless body of a young boy, discovered by some children also trying to take a shortcut home that day. Once armed with proper lighting, what's illuminated is sadly the body of 13-year-old Tristan Brubeck. Now this is going to be a graphic warning for this part of it. Probably skip ahead. This does involve like sexual violence and also some like very graphic details. So maybe two minutes ahead. Police not only found Tristan's lifeless body, but they found something out of a horror film. The young boy had been slashed, beaten, and mutilated almost to the point of unrecognition. Police pieced together that he had been beaten outside of the tunnel and strangled. His body was then drug inside the tunnel where the real horror began. His neck had a cut from side to side, exposing part of his spine, along with stab marks all over that seemed to play no part in his death, but something the killer wanted for some weird sick pleasure. Jesus. It wasn't enough that the killer felt the need to stab this unconscious boy and cut his throat, but then took it a step further. Chunks of Tristan's flesh were found missing around his buttocks and thigh region. And for the, the last, the last terrible part, Tristan's genitals had been mutilated as well and were actually missing from the crime scene. Holy. Tristan's body was found in a sleeping pose with one of his shoes placed on top of him. Right next to him, on a rock, sat the murder weapon, but no sign of the missing body parts were ever found. They were, however, able to find a bloody fingerprint presumed to be the killer's. They logged this and sealed it, hoping to use it for DNA comparison down the road should a suspect ever emerge. The investigation started with tracing Tristan's steps through that day. According to Tristan's father, it was a normal day. He got up, headed to work, while Tristan got up and headed off to school. Tristan had called his dad from a payphone not too long after leaving to complain about his back and that he thinks he should miss school that day. Tristan had apparently climbed a tree and fell the day prior, but his dad thought he was being dramatic and just trying to get out of school. Okay. Understandable. Yeah. I know, I was kind of thinking, like, how many times have I done this crap my whole life? Yeah, make make something also trying to get out of school all the time. His father said he would make a doctor's appointment for him, but he said that he thinks he should still go to class, so Tristan reluctantly complied and hung up the phone. He met up with his friend, Boris, and they smoked a few cigarettes, in no hurry to get to their first period class. Around 9 a.m., they headed to their second class of the day, having completely blown off first period. Everything was normal until Tristan told one of his teachers about his back hurting, requesting to leave school early to have to, to have a doctor take a look at it. His teacher asked a few more questions and decided to let Tristan leave early due to the pain. Later, Tristan's friend, Mike, admitted that they had been throwing rocks at each other, and he hit Tristan pretty hard on his back, which is what actually had been hurting his back. So for some reason, okay. he had been telling this tree story. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I understand it. Like, maybe he's been told not to be Throwing stupid. rocks and stuff. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you could hit a car or right. someone driving or something. or Yeah. Maybe he's also trying to protect his friend, like, not get his friend in trouble or something. I don't know. And I'm already feeling that, you know, 
what could I have done type of moment. Mm. And yeah, here yeah, we yeah. are, both his dad and his teacher. Yeah. Like, did the teacher call home be like, hey, we're going to send him? Because this is 1998, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we were in school. Granted, we were first grade, second grade yeah, yeah. at that time. That time, But I feel like even then, like, you had to call and tell the parent, hey, you want to yeah. come pick your kid up? But I mean, even nowadays, there's just stuff that slips through the cracks. They're a lot better at it now, but you're right, yeah. Yeah. Huh. At about 1.30 p.m., Tristan left school grounds and caught a bus at the local bus station and sat in the back, headed towards the train station, a less than 10-minute ride. It just so happens that his previously mentioned friend, Boris, was on a bus nearby and saw Tristan as they passed each other. Boris attempted to grab his attention, but Tristan didn't see him. So Boris decided to get off nearby and ran to go meet Tristan at the train station, but once he got there, he didn't see Tristan anywhere. He waited for a while, but Tristan never showed. Which is kind of strange because this next part, there was a little shop inside the train station, and just before 2 p.m., Tristan was seen on the camera, along with an unidentified male kind of hanging out nearby. Okay, so they so must have somebody else. They must have missed each other or something because there's yeah. proof that Tristan was at the train station Made at the time. So maybe Boris just was too early or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, right? got impatient. Or... Yeah. The quality, of course, of this video was not great. It almost never is. And it was basically impossible to tell if there was any interaction between this male lingering nearby, if he was just some guy, um, or if he was just hanging out. You know? Yeah, just some yeah. random person or if he's actually there with Tristan right. himself. At approximately 2.15, a student who knew of Tristan actually saw him sitting on a bench alone in the train station, just sitting there. So we still have some kind of timeline that okay. at 2.15, Tristan is still at the train station. Yeah, already there is a number of witnesses. Yeah. Like, I feel like usually if you just send a kid home and he ends up found dead, no one knows what right. happened. At approximately 3.15, so an hour later, Tristan was seen sitting on a bench in a park that was close to the station. He approached a woman who had a small dog and struck up a conversation. Remember, Tristan loved animals, and the woman recalled him being very charming and let Tristan pet the small dog. When interviewed, the woman said that on her way out of the park, she noticed two older men sitting with Tristan. She said that she presumed them to be, quote, foreign, and this was the last time that Tristan Brubag was seen alive. About 15 minutes later, a group of young school kids were headed towards the tunnel to take a shortcut to the local fields. When they stopped dead in their tracks, their eyes fixed on something their young minds couldn't comprehend. A man was leaning over a young boy, seemingly moving around, not being able to tell what was happening, and honestly probably quite scared, the children hurried away and opted to take the long way, afraid of whatever they just witnessed. About an hour and a half later is when the original set of children who discovered Tristan's body informed their teacher of what they had found. Wait, so go over that again? Maybe I, I... So we have Tristan, the last time he's seen alive is on that bench. Yep. When the woman is leaving the park who she was talking to, foreigners. sitting with him. Fifteen minutes later... Children are walking through the tunnel, and they see a man leaning over a boy Hunched on the ground. Okay. 
but we don't hear about that until later after the second set of children that come through the tunnel find just Tristan. Okay, so, so that later, first set of kids wasn't the set of kids that reported No, they the ran body. away and were scared. Okay. But we don't huh. find that out until later. Interesting. It, yes. So eventually children come forward and we're like, yeah, we saw a guy with him, whatever. Yeah, and, then, and it's... But they didn't tell anyone, probably terrified. I mean, even as Not knowing children, what they saw, though. Like, they didn't see, they, at least they didn't say, like, we saw him stabbing him, we saw him hitting him. He just, like, movement, like, he was hovering over him and, like, moving around. No, that's what I was going to say, is that it's interesting that there isn't anything, like, sadistic that they saw other than him over Tristan, obviously. But what made them not want to go through the tunnel? You know, a bad feeling or um, just scared. Yeah. And, but... I don't know. I, there, it seems like there would be certain things. I don't know that you would think. Oh, you know, we shouldn't go through that tunnel. Yeah. More than just like we see a guy with another person. But it's you can from what they said is like they saw a, a kid on the ground and a guy over him doing something, but they couldn't okay. tell what he was doing, and that's not a normal thing to see. No. Yeah. So I, guess it's I not. think like it's not like two people standing up and he's doing something weird. Like, you don't see a kid on the ground with an adult over him doing something and think, like, oh, that's normal. They're probably just okay. having a conversation. Something's going on. Yeah. And now, so I think it scared them, and they were like, what is he doing? And they're like, let's just not even yeah. find out. Hmm. Yeah. So then an hour and a half goes by where Tristan's body, whether someone saw it and didn't report it or... Just was never... Just never, yeah, right? And then that's when the kids stumble upon him. So police use the children who saw a man hunched over Tristan's body and a young girl that later came forward who saw a man matching the other children's description to create an image of a potential suspect. Okay. So we have the kids that saw from the back the man hunched over the boy. Yeah. He might have maybe turned to the side at some point or something, and they were able to get some kind of details. And And then you have a girl that was in that same park that also described seeing a man that looked somewhat similar to what those kids said they saw in the tunnel. Okay, yeah. But she was in a separate part of the park, but this guy was leaving the park. Yeah, I mean, either way, whether you're the kids that saw the guy in the tunnel or the girl that saw another guy in the park, you have an idea of somebody to go after, whether they're the same person or not. Right. So they use these combined details to create a composite. So I'm going to show you the picture real quick, okay? Ooh. So. Interesting. <laughs> okay. You guys yeah. will definitely be able to yeah. look at this picture on the Instagram post. Yeah, and, for sure. Okay, that's a very detailed picture, Why don't you say. describe it based off of this? What Gosh, if Macaulay Culkin put on some weight, <laughs> I mean, that's about it. I mean, if he just had a little bit... So, like, pasty... Very pasty white, blue eyes, you know, Light kind eyes. of balding, hair slicked to the back, blonde hair. Yeah, so if you um, see down here, one of the details actually has a ponytail. Possible oh. ponytail oh, or okay. braid. So that's, yeah, it looks like uh, some marks on his face and... Possible cleft lip is what they're saying. Oh, yes, right. or a so scar. Yeah, okay. I could see how that... In a composite sketch or... Yes. And then, I, I guess, like, you know, uh, indented jaw bones, I suppose. Yeah, like very, or like sunken, right? Like yeah, maybe sunk, There you skinny. go. That's not indented, yeah, yeah. but sunken. So whether it's someone that's like like super chiseled or somebody that or might be a little malnourished right. exactly possibly homeless yeah maybe. We just okay know, all right, right. so well. just like riley said i'll post a picture of this um but for now yeah we can just describe him as pale and pink blonde kind of balding 
strawberry-ish hair, kind of, Mm -hmm. light creepy eyes, sunken cheekbones, possible cleft lip. They believe his height to be about five foot seven and his age anywhere from 25 to 45. Incredibly tall then. (laughs) To me, yes. The children describe him as unkempt and his gross hair, like I said, potentially tied in a ponytail or a braid beneath the hat. The profile of this potential suspect was believed to be someone who enjoyed hanging out around younger children and found in the company of younger generation frequently. Honestly, just based on that picture, I'd say, yeah, that guy's a creep. Yeah. Prior to his murder, Tristan was known to hang out and socialize with some older men. And after asking around, police found out that one of them that he was associated with was actually a blonde, older male. But this man was never identified. Days after laying Tristan to rest, the police got a creepy phone call. Now, I kind of went back and forth on wanting to play the phone call or have you and I read a script, like a reenactment of it. But after listening to it enough times, I just decided it's not important enough. It's just like the dumbest conversation and it's so short and leads nowhere. So I'm like, this would be dumb. So basically, this guy calls the station and they think he's under the influence of something like after analyzing everything. Like he just sounds a little bit like he's slurring kind of and doesn't really know what he's talking about. Hmm. But he basically says, hi, this is Tristan's murderer. And the police seem to just repeat everything and maybe keeping him on the line if they're recording this. Like, we've seen in movies and stuff, people do yeah. that. They're like, what'd you say? Like, they pretend to not hear, keep him talking. Yeah. Everything that this guy said, the police were like, what? What? <laughs> it was more like, annoying like, than anything. Stretch it out by yeah, some yeah, time. Yeah. Let's get this call recorded. Yeah. Something like that. And he was like, this is Tristan's murderer. And they were like, Tristan's murderer? <laughs> and he's like, yes, I killed him. That's me or something. And they said, what do you look like? And he said, I have black hair. And they're like, oh, you have black hair? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, how tall are you? And he said, I'm six foot tall. And what do you think they say? Are you six foot tall? (laughs) Oh, six foot tall? I am. I am six feet tall. Good job. And then, yeah. And they're like, where are you right now? And he says that he's at the train station, the same one that. Oh, surely. But it's like a local train station. So like everyone could be there basically, yeah. So, yeah, and then basically he hangs up. That's pretty much it. Good talk. Yeah. So, when they descri- he describes where he is, right? Of course, police are like, let's go check All it right, out. Let's find a six-foot-tall, dark-haired yeah. feller. Yeah. Nothing um, like the description from that picture. Right. But, hey, <laughs> it is what it is. And they were hesitant to believe this, but you have to follow up on everything, oh, right? Yeah. So, like I said, this call was traced back to the train station. And when they arrived, they found all the phone booths empty. As far as CC footage, it is unknown if police gathered or even attempted to view it. So that led nowhere, unfortunately. Great, great. I'm glad that they may or may not have even tried to <laughs> get know, the, the footage. I know. Police decided to cast a large net and ask that males aged 15 to 45 voluntarily come in and submit their fingerprints so they can all be ran and eliminated for their sake, hopefully, right? Makes sense. Yeah. It's said that local and surrounding communities were exceptionally cooperative and hundreds of people came in to help the investigation. While unfortunately the fingerprints led nowhere, they got a tip that a homeless man known to hang out at the train station had a history of talking to children and making them feel uncomfortable. 
children had reportedly been telling adults for years that he was creepy. But it wasn't until Tristan's murder that adults thought maybe there was something to it. Maybe we should consider what the children have been telling us for years. Mm -hmm. It seemed as though it was too late, because when they went to question the man, he was long gone. Nobody had seen him in quite some time. The following year, March 1999, a spark of luck came when Tristan's backpack was found in a forest 15 miles from the crime scene. Inside, investigators found a map of Germany, but the weird part is that all of the writing in it was in Czech. Police assume that the map may have belonged to Tristan's killer or someone who used his backpack, perhaps not even knowing it was that of a young murdered boy. Tristan was not of Czech descent, nor did he speak the language, so this was found to be very odd. Yeah, I'd I'd say so. A little bit. also unfortunately led nowhere. Which, it's not surprising that you found some of his items, I guess, um, a fair distance away because... uh, yeah, you're if you're near a train station, you know, or heading towards right. a train station, then yeah. the chances that whatever happened to you, the person that did it to you probably got on a train and right. fled the scene. Just when you thought things couldn't get any worse, later that same year of 99, Tristan's grandmother arrived at his grave to place some flowers, only to find Tristan's grave dug up. What the fuck? Someone had dug almost three feet down, almost emptying the grave of its dirt and covered the coffin. Police were notified and surmised that it was a mentally deranged person with nothing better to do. I'm not sure that was of any comfort to the family, but... Yeah, yeah. and granted, yeah, you can't They just didn't assume. find anything, like, nefarious, like, like somebody trying to leave a message or yeah. targeting the family. One of those things where if it is unrelated... It's quite the coincidence that it's this unsolved murder and then the day grave is dug up. Also, I put in here that a little weird fact that I found out when I was doing this is that they said that in Germany, there's a law that the government will house a body for 20 years. Then after the 20 years is up, descendants of the family member that pastor whoever spouse whatever has to pay a fee to keep them in that plot after that hmm so they'll do it for free for 20 years and then after that you have to pay a fee to keep them there i couldn't tell if it was like a monthly thing like a monthly yeah. fee you pay almost like or a, a rental one, a or like a big maybe. chunk yeah thing. yeah huh, that's interesting yeah so during, i don't even know how things work around here so i know that's true during this time Tristan's father actually passed away, and now with both of his parents deceased, it left nobody to help pay for his grave. However, I like to hang on to these little tidbits of positivity, and something kind of amazing can happen, and when a community can kind of come together, even when it's over something so sad, and the townsfolk actually gathered enough money to create a memorial for Tristan, not too far from his grave, where they were able to save his resting area. Oh, okay. Yeah. In the almost 25 years since his death, there has been over 24,000 witness statements collected, yet nothing solid has surfaced. With the case being cold, rumors are still hot, and conspiracies around Tristan's life, maybe even a secret life, have stayed alive. Some think he was involved in nefarious activities. After all, what was a young boy doing at all hours wandering around the city by himself? 
Maybe he met someone while riding the metro. Did he stumble upon something he wasn't supposed to see when he was on a smoke break one day? Then you have the whack jobs that we can always count on to interfere with investigations and waste valuable time, such as an American woman who claimed her husband was responsible. But shocker, we find out he had nothing to do with it and that she was just bitter because they were splitting up. Figures. And somehow thought using the case of a dead child would somehow do something. Oh, women be crazy. Okay. Um, and then also something I put in here was that, like, I don't know how often other people hear this in cases, but I feel like I hear it quite a bit, is people, I don't know if it's like a grasping thing, but trying to link very famous serial killers to these cases yeah. like this. Where, like, oh, Israel Keys was known to be in Germany for two days in 1998. Like, he could have done it. And right. I mean, I guess, but the chances, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, but what... Are Ted there, Bundy might have done it. He was in Idaho. Is there anybody in active serial killer around then that was caught that they're thinking it could be, though? Or you're just saying, well, like, that's Well, okay. A- so, it's funny you said that. Um, there was actually a man named Manfred Seal, known as the Hess Ripper, or Jack the Ripper of Schwalbach. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was a suspected... J.T.R. Schwalbach. He was a suspected serial killer from Germany and was thought to have been responsible for at least five murders, all occurring between 71 and 2004. He was also linked to four other cases during his lifetime. Just like with Tristan's body, Manfred Seal was thought to keep body parts belonging to his victims, and also mutilated them as well. But Manfred was not known to target people as young as Tristan, and was also not known to target males. So Mm. there's a lot of people suspicious about this. Police did their best to run this theory down, even running fingerprint comparisons between Manfred and the bloody fingerprint at the crime scene of Tristan. But unfortunately, there was not a match, and we may never know, because Manfred passed away before he could be punished for any crimes he may have committed. Just like the tantalizing story dying with Manfred, the tips died down too for Tristan. And unfortunately, this is where his case stays to this day. Police say they keep his case alive and still look into any tips they receive. But with almost 25 years gone, who knows if they'll ever find out. With DNA so prevalent these days, you really can't say for sure either way. No, yeah, I know. It's You really hope eventually they find somebody who matches, right? Mm-hmm. If you find yourself in Frankfurt these days and take a stroll to the Host River, you'll find the pedestrian tunnel where Tristan spent his last minutes but you won't find an entrance. The tunnel has been blocked from both sides with tall bars, the city's attempt to keep other people from meeting the same fate as Tristan. While blocking the tunnel may not deter a killer or stop crime, it does preserve a memory and hopefully serves as a reminder. It may be worth it to take the long way home. So that's the case of Tristan Brubeck. Super sad, obviously. Anytime anything happens like this with a young, young kid, right? Yeah, that is like a... Like, he might not have been like five or six years old, but like 13? You haven't even done anything yet. You you got me. I'm going to say you got me, but you didn't really get me. I didn't know that this was unsolved. Or at least you mentioned that it was unsolved. In the intro. Yes. Yes. 
but it like <laughs> for some reason it didn't enter my mind that there's not going to be an ending to this and i think how you've talked about with unsolved mysteries <laughs> where you're just like wow i'm so into this episode i can't wait to see how it ends and then it's like fuck and then it rolls credits yeah like, what the fuck it so i guess one of the things that came to my mind right away was that putting myself in the footsteps of tristan it yeah. gives me a very uncomfortable um heebie-jeebie type feelings because everybody i feel like has been in these walking or pedestrian tunnels um and i feel like everybody can relate even like i don't want there's a creepy factor to a tunnel i feel like that like if something were to happen there's only yeah like two exits which one can you get to quickest yeah now granted if something and it's did right or next didn't, to water it's not like you can like i mean i guess if you're really desperate you could jump in the water to get away from someone but it's not like you have this like really like 30 foot wide path under a bridge or something it's like a six foot wide walkway next to a river okay yeah yeah and so where what can you do you know and whether this occurred inside the tunnel or like you said right but it makes me wonder how populated this area really was like this was the middle of the day on a weekday and somebody was bold enough or insane enough, or maybe he planned it. Maybe he's been watching the tunnel to see when the most yeah. foot traffic is. Like, I guess you if just it, don't know. If it is a homeless person, they probably know it very well. Based off know. that picture that they sent, this guy was not someone who planned anything. He just looked like <laughs> True. he lived in the trees. And yeah. Yeah, yeah but to, to freaking cut off parts of him right chunks of his thighs and to be there long enough they think that the whole attack was like 15 minutes but to me i'm like that's a really short amount of time to do something like that but it's a long amount of time for no one to stumble across you yeah but also who knows if like those kids that said that they saw him were the only ones that saw him they could have just been the only ones to come forward yeah just the idea that this could imagine just happen yeah there's so many people out there that probably have seen things that just never came forward just because they're scared. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, there's, I don't know. That's, you really hope that eventually DNA will take over and, you know, a match will pop up and yeah. then we'll know. I mean, we might not ever know exactly what or why. Well, it shit, happened. we're getting hits on stuff from like the 60s and no, 50s and stuff. So we're maybe. talking about the 90s? Right. Like, that's not that long ago. Granted, this is a fingerprint thing, so I don't true, know. If, like, true, true. You DNA did say it's a blood, really bloody fingerprint. Blood right? fingerprint. It's not really DNA. It could, yeah, unless it's not Tristan's blood, and then they could use it. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Gosh, I don't know. That's all I know is I hopefully eventually, you know, we get something. Yeah. And like you said, if there is uh, a link to a serial killer. And they end up saying, yeah, I think there was a a boy in a tunnel at one time. Hopefully they don't just, like, try to link it and close it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a number of families out there hoping that their cases have that closure. But, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for teasing us with the freaking unsolved one. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. For season two. Welcome, everybody, and (laughs) goodbye. Thank you for listening. um yeah i think that's all we got for you today yeah right uh if you guys prefer shorter condensed versions of these stories or cases uh we'll like be coming i said out with that too yeah, yeah yeah that'll be on the youtube channel so yeah. you can see our my beautiful <laughs> fiance's face <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. see what i did there uh-huh. and uh yeah you guys can enjoy us there if you did like this episode 
uh, I guess follow us on Instagram yeah. or whatever. Rate it Share on with your friends Spotify. Yeah. Leave a review. Yeah. Do whatever you want to do. You know, it's life. Just do something. Life's a dirty game. Yeah, okay. That's life, you know. <laughs> you as you please. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, that's it for uh, episode one yeah. of season two. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. It's and good to be back. Yeah. Let's keep this going. Let's keep the train rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Yep. All right. Okay. We'll talk to you in the next All one. All right. <laughs> Adios. Bye.